This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. Uh, we talk a lot about how the workplace and just business in general, and then coincidentally, the podcast you know turns into a little bit more about health insurance, employee benefits, and claims, which is all good because that's what we do in our office and um, I guess essentially the main sponsor. So I'm going to actually dive deeper into um, some of the claims things because we had a couple that came across my desk that I thought would be worthwhile sharing uh, just to remind some of our listeners that um, there's leverage in claims, there's money to be saved, uh, and providers are... um, are not your friends, right? So um, they're more worried about money than they are worried about serving the patients. And uh, I'll give examples of that here shortly too. But I was reading one case where the claims were submitted. There was a whole bunch of treatment that was going on. They systematically denied 273 claims all at once. The system just said, you know what, we're just going to deny all these claims. So the insurance company says you're not responsible for it. Therefore, the provider, especially since you sign that little document when you show up, which I think should have some resolution in court, but you sign a document that says that, hey, in order for us to provide you care, you have to sign off on this, that you're financially responsible for the bill, regardless of what your insurance company says. You know, I get they're trying to protect their wallet, but but the reason they're signing is so they could take you to court. That's really what it comes down to. So in this particular example, they had to battle and try to work with the insurance companies. There was some court cases, I believe, but they kind of just um, kept moving the case along. And uh, they had to go through each one of the 273 claims and talk to the insurance companies, try to figure out what was going on. There was not really an issue with any of them. And so after a 12-month period, they finally got all 273 claims approved. But I tell you, it took a lot of work for them to get through it. We had another one where um, this is actually, um, we had a guest on our podcast, Marshall Allen. He wrote a book called Never Pay the First Bill. He's definitely creating a movement out there with these uh, claims. And uh, he's on uh, a a site called Substack. It's like a journalist um, or independent journalist uh, website where he posts articles. And he talks about uh, a claim that was $224,000 that was denied by the insurance company. And... uh, that amount was actually being directly passed on to the consumer. But the first thing that the reason that they were denied is they were saying that it, it was not medically necessary. So after calls with the hospital, because I guess it was the way the billing went through, um, it came up as that. And so the argument that they actually made was, is that how in the world can it be not medically necessary, but and a physician, a doctor at the hospital decided that it was good enough to perform the surgery? And so when that was documented, they never heard about it. it was not medically necessary ever again. It's just bizarre, right? Like, I feel like people are not accountable and they just try to see what they can get away with, which is true. And you got to just stand on your own and, and fight some of this. Um, so, and actually in Marshall Allen's book, they, he talks about this, but in this article, he talked about certain strategies to try to keep on the radar. And so they overnighted a letter to the CEO because they were trying to get some balances waived because there was low income. She was um, below poverty as far as income level. She couldn't afford a $224,000 bill, let alone a $22,000 or even a $2,000 bill. 
She overnighted a letter to the CEO to get it in front of his eyes and constant requests, and they were being ignored. They were sending it, I believe, electronically and by um, by mail. They were also trying to follow up with the financial assistant for hardship and zero response. And then all of a sudden, one day, um, after a very long time, they finally get a letter in the mail that says the balance is zero from $224,000. But she had to fight for it. Otherwise, they would have sent her to collections if she did nothing uh, because they, they're heartless. They don't really care. And maybe that's my opinion on a lot of things. I'm not saying that providers don't care for their patients, um, but I do think um, at some point providers are like politicians, right? When money starts getting involved, then, then that's their focus. And there's a lot of evidence to support that. I'm not saying that they shouldn't make the money. I just think that how they go about it, they eventually just don't care about the end user because one, because they're not the customer. The insurance company is. And so they don't really care at that point. Which leads me to another topic that I talk about a lot. Um, I call it the purple unicorn of the um, our industry when it comes to claims. A big, huge insurance company, I don't know if I should mention it on the podcast. They're a nationwide carrier, been a long, long time. Uh, they're bigger... Um, are more known in the larger group space. The smallest they get to is about 20 employees. Uh, they do not go any lower than that. And uh, they're a big name. They've been around a long, long time. And so they're, they just got hit with a class action lawsuit. It's still being reviewed. And uh, there was a, a patient that was uh, a policyholder, and um, they're leading in it that um, the there's fake invoices that occur to make it feel like the the insurance companies producing some type of leverage or payment. And and a lot of people do believe that. They get the explanation of benefits or they'll get the invoice from the provider. Usually it's just the invoice. They ignore the explanation of benefits because it's not a bill. It's not urgent enough. So they just don't know what, what to do with it. And so but when the bill shows up, it's they actually, a lot of times, they'll put payment by insurance company. It's not a payment. It's a discount. And there is a payment section on there, but they make it the perception is that there's a payment on there and most of the time it's just visually so you see a credit and then, but if they don't read the details they don't see that it was a discount they just feel like it's a uh, a physical payment and so uh, i filed a lawsuit and so in this case it was about labs or, or testing that went on and the original bill was seventeen thousand four hundred sixty two dollars uh, the discount was uh fourteen thousand five hundred and seventy two how ridiculous is that you get a $14,000 discount. So the balance was 2787 The insurance company paid $471. And so they're left with the balance. I don't know anything about the plan uh, of why that came out to be. That's the purple unicorn. The, the, the actual test was really worth $2,787, but they have to inflate the number. There's several reasons for this. So one is it's some weird number from... I think it starts with the charge master. There's a uniform charge for a lot of these services or a window or a, a range where the opportunity, the charge or what the charge for services is there. Um, the charge master is not readily available to the public. Um, it is out there though, um, but you, not everybody has, again, direct access to it. So how do you know? And we never had to shop for our, our coverage or providers based on a cost. And I think that's one of our biggest problems. There's so much stuff hidden by uh, consumers in the marketplace that um, they don't know how to go about this. And it's just so they make it more confusing. Part of the reasons they inflate the, the price, though, is so the provider can get paid more. So you, sometimes it's 
a discount, like a percentage. So in order to get paid more, they have to increase the dollar amount. So the number gets larger. I think they also do it because they uh, want to make it look like the insurance company is actually doing a job and they're, they're really not. Uh, you know, sure, there's provide, you know, the reason that providers get patients is because they look up, uh, the patient looks up who's in their provider network and then um, they're able to go there because then they're considered in network. So there is some loyalty there, but, but I think that's like, we're past that point where um, a lot of people are just need access to care. Why is there such a thing as a network anyways? Um, and if consumers had more skin in the game, I think the cost control, but that's another whole other topic. But um, so, but they inflate these fees. So one example, um, and I give the, I gave this before, but one of my claims uh, personally, um, was a five minute doctor visit for a consultation. We were in and out. Um, it was fast. The original bill was $440. It's insane. I mean, it was five minutes. So even if the billing increment is 30 minutes, uh, minimum, whatever it might be, even if you, whatever you want to call it, it's $440, but it was discounted to 150 bucks. I think his advice for five minutes worth of my time to go in there was worth 150 bucks, right? He's educated, a lot more experienced than I do, um, and we need a direction. And so uh, I think it's well worth it, um, but not $440. It's just this inflated number. So this law- lawsuit is going to be interesting. We'll see where it goes in courts. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope they slap the wrist on some of these carriers. Even out east, there's another insurance company that got slap with a lawsuit because they were playing favorites with claims where they would pay more money from the insurance pool for certain if you're under a certain group number versus others they're not supposed to do that Uh, it's supposed to be across the board so these insurance companies really need to get slapped i know there's um spin doctors out there where the insurance companies hire these people and their job is just to spin everything get it out of the news and so um, you'll, you probably won't hear some of this, but hopefully we can get some resolution at some point because I know we all need it, um, especially in healthcare. Right? There's got to be a tipping point like the real estate market back in, what, 07, 08, 09. And the reason I say that is because at some point, does healthcare become truly and really unaffordable? It's unaffordable now, uh, let alone, and it has been for a long time. I just think that there's got to be a tipping point where it restarts, um, but I don't know where that's going to be. Um, I know some innovators in our industry are making some changes. I've done it with my own clients. Uh, we just need more and more push for that direction. One problem is, is in our industry, uh, as benefits advisors and consultants and insurance agents, our average age is more senior. So um, I know at one point it was 58, but that's going back a number of years. Uh, My guess is it's somewhere between 63 and 67 years old is the average age. They're stuck in their ways. There's a lot of loyalty with long-term relationships, but I just think that uh, we need to get them away from the old school habits and then push back. Um, Same thing as these small groups are stuck with whatever's left over to them when they're providing a employee benefits program. Um, the sooner we can get out of Affordable Care Act plans, uh, you have a lot more control and leverage. You could always go back to them. Uh, a lot of brokers are nervous about this move. They're not f- familiar with the process. There is more involved. There's more in the game, more skin, uh, more risk, uh, but it's all controlled and calculated. So uh, we just uh, wrapped up a case where uh, we moved them off the 
Affordable Care Act plans into a more level funded, they call it. It's a self-funded plan, but we got them out of the ACA rates. That was most important. And uh, we're going to save them the gross premium $60,000 a year. And so we'll see what kind of claims are being made. We may have to switch back, but if uh, they have a good year of um, controllable expenses in the pool, uh, we actually get to see that. We get a report. We can see what's going on or what's going out, what's going in, right? We can't do that with Affordable Care Act plans. Definitely move to more cash paying system, but still leverage the insurance company. But uh, we have like one of my kids' claims. We had to go th- see one a, a specialist for multiple multiple visits um, for therapy, and they have a cash discount um, price, and then they have insurance. So they let it process through the insurance, and then basically they said, "Hey, since you're just paying us direct, um, and there was no payments by the insurance company, we're just gonna give you a better break." And so. I think that's going to happen more and more, uh, but providers need to be held accountable and take more responsibility. And then um, you as a policyholder need to become a little bit more responsible and have a little more skin in the game. You can't toss your hands up and give up. You can't, you know, literally pass the puck to something else and just say it is what it is. Uh, You're going to have to take some control. And how do you do that? First thing you need to do is just start asking more questions. Um, questions are key. Doesn't mean that you need to know what to ask. You just need to start asking. Play dumb because you don't know enough, right? So just like everything else, if something major happened to you, for example, and your health had changed, you're going to ask 100,000 questions. You may be the expert at the end of the day when you're done with that condition uh, or, or health situation. Uh, because you've done a whole bunch of research. It's the same thing. You just have to start working through the questions, start top of mind, the you know who, what, when, where, and how is a good place to start, and that'll lead to other questions. Um, so most of the providers, um, you know, they, uh, they're not expecting these questions. So um, some of them will respond a certain way, and some of them will probably disregard them. So you just definitely have to uh, take more responsibility and ask questions. If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. There's more transparency uh, in the marketplace, but not for the right reasons. And so when I was talking about that providers know too much and they have access to uncontrollable control of things related to your healthcare, we're running into experiences where employees will go to the provider and try to run their insurance. And um, they even know if they're insured their employer is current on premiums mainly on the, i've only seen this really on the affordable care act plans but yeah so we'll get phone calls that an employee's in the doctor's office 
and they're saying that the employer didn't pay their premiums. And these are small companies too, but still, it's just like how embarrassing for the employer. You know, things that get overlooked. Maybe there was a cash flow issue and they're waiting for other payments to come in. Who knows, right? But the employee still needs to get access to care. It's not like there was malicious activity by the employer. Um, but I think that's a violation of HIPAA. But that, you know, they're going to have access to that information. But you can't ask how much is this going to cost because nobody knows, right? It just seems contradicting at the provider level. We had one case that uh, the renewal was showing uh, coming up and uh, the, the insurance company is sw switching plans. And this happens a lot with Affordable Care Act. So they changed the plan code. The plan coverage actually didn't really change that much. They just filed it differently for some reason. I'm not really sure what they did. Um, there might have been a copay change or something, but it was very, very minimum, if anything. Well, when they ran the insurance, it was showing up as canceled uh, because that current plan was being canceled. But it's the same group number, same ID number. Nothing changed uh, for the employee. But somehow it showed up that their uh, group plan was canceled, and, and that obviously wasn't the case. I just think too much information is being pointed one direction, but then when you ask questions, it doesn't really come out. So you just have to be a little bit more involved, a little ask more questions, try to be a little bit more informed along the way. So don't go blind into these claims. Ask questions, especially when we're talking about pricing. Ask for the pricing up front. Some of them won't be willing to pay for or provide that to you, rather. And so um, you might have to pull a, a little bit more. You have to know what's going on. The insurance company may be paying, but it's the same thing like in a, an auto insurance. You get in a car accident and you turn your car into the auto repair center. You know what it's going to cost, even though the insurance company is paying for it. But somehow when we get to our health care, nobody knows anything and they won't provide it to you because, you know, there's always excuses. Well, it depends on which plan you have. And we can't disclose that to you because it's confidential. Like I've heard all kinds of stories. Right. So but um, at the end of the day, you're still going to be responsible for that claim. And you might as well know more in the process um, because if the insurance company denies it for some reason, they're coming after you. Um, so it just it's just crazy. Like one example is um, we had a claim personally and uh, the ho hospital actually misbilled it to the insurance company. And I knew it because I've been down this path before. I mean, you guys wouldn't, but, you know, just use common sense. Right. And so. When I called them and said, you guys did this wrong because clearly the insurance company is not recognizing what you, some of the things you're doing, um, so you need to rekey it. They actually told me I needed to call the insurance company and talk to them. And I just told them, no, no, I'm not. I'm a, you need to do it. Um, I'll do it um, after you refile your claim once you get adjusted. They actually fought me on that, and but it's because... I, you know, from the world of Butch Zimar, it's because of laziness. Um, they think it's somebody else's fault. Um, and so I was just very stern, told them that they needed to call the insurance company because clearly they misbilled it. And uh, they did fix it. And so now I get a text message every 10 days. Um, I just got the invoice for it um, that it's uh, adjusted. And so it seems like they're desperate for the money now. And uh, now I have to go back and um, either pay the claim or, or scrutinize further. Um, because I'm a wise consumer, I'm going to call and see what else I can do. But um, otherwise, I think the bill is what it is right at this moment. But but imagine if I just wrote a check for the missed claim um, or misfiling of a claim, it would have been thousands of dollars more. But 
again, you're not going to know all that right away. You just have to get experience with the claims and just get more involved, ask the questions. And, you know, the provider might say, well, don't worry about your insurance company's paying for it. Well, you're paying for the insurance. You're in charge, right? And so even though they're, they're writing the check, uh, just be more involved. And if you need any guidance on it, we're not claims. We don't work for the insurance company. It's not our business to be in claims, but sometimes five minutes with us will save you thousands. And not only save thousands, but you'll also save hours with the time. 